Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Dean, I can't believe we are nearing the end of 2023. Over the last few years, we've published more than 60 episodes of our compliance podcast, and thousands of people have tuned in and listened. So what do you have on store for us today? Hi, Len. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe another year is fastly approaching. I do not have any idea where the time goes. I feel like I just got started in 2023, and here we are at the end. In any case, let me jump into today's topics as uh, I decided to discuss the basics of Reg CC, better known as funds availability. That's a good topic. I'm certain many of our listeners will be interested in that. We often focus on lending-related regulations, given the overall risk and volume relative to the deposit side. So this should be an, an interesting perspective. Yeah, I agree, Len. Although all regulations are important. We often focus on lending given the myriad of regulations that impact this particular area. However, these reminders are important as we often let our guard down with regard to deposit regulations. And these also can be very costly and have a pat- if you have a pattern or practice of non-compliance. The first thing that anyone must do when he or she is trying to understand a regulation is to read the definitions. The regulatory mm-hmm. definition of a word or phrase is not necessarily the same as the meaning of that word or phrase in normal banking language. And the same word or phrase may have different definitions in different regulations. For example, just because you know what the definition of, quote, business day is for one regulation, don't assume it's the same for the next regulation that you read. And and we see this all the time, different definitions of business day throughout the myriad uh, uh, or Mm -hmm. a vast vast majority of, of letter regulations. Dean, I think this is a great topic because I can tell you in my own client consulting, I've heard endless confusion about things like economic development and community development under the Community Reinvestment Act. And people think they know what it means, but they don't really understand what the the technical definition is under the regulation. So I think this is great. Let's go ahead and jump in. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, here we go. Reg CC was implemented to enforce the provisions of the Expedited Funds Availability Act, which was passed by Congress uh, uh, back in 1987. Prior to this rule, there were no rules governing when a bank had to make deposited funds available to the depositor for withdrawal. And as I think we all know, if we've been around banking for many years, banks were inflating their books as it related to that because they weren't making those funds available. This regulation is known as the most technical of all. The time frame within which a bank must make funds from the deposit available to the depositor for withdrawal may depend on any or all of uh, certain criteria. When the deposit was made, uh, meaning the time, the nature of the item, so what type of item are we actually depositing, where are we making that, is it a branch, is it an ATM, so on and so forth, to whom the deposit was made, is it to the actual depositor, the particulars of the account into which the deposit was made, and then, of course, whatever the financial institution establishes as far as its funds availability policy, because as we know, we have statutory limitations, 
but a bank or a financial institution can always do better than what the uh, uh, those those uh, uh, limitations may be. Yeah, you know there is a lot of technical issues to consider, and I can see that this regulation in particular is highly technical, and people better be aware, as they always say. The details, the, the devil is in the details. Uh, so <laughs> go ahead, Dean. <laughs> That's for sure. The devil is definitely <laughs> in the details, on, especially on this one where it's so, uh, uh, so technical in nature. But now that I've laid out the criteria, let me dive into the very strict timing provisions for when funds must be made available based on uh, the item presented. And, you know, again, as you heard me start out today, we talked about uh, the fact that banks were holding deposits a lot longer to inflate their books. We've, I, I like to say now we're going to look at this from a different perspective. This also offers some safeguards for the financial institution as, re, as it relates to fraud, um, because we, we all know that check fraud is, is, is rampant um, in other types of fraud, and it typically occurs um, through these types of uh, complex transactions. So uh, we need to consider all these other factors as well. Funds availability itself actually begins and starts with what we call uh, a business day or the business day concept. Generally, funds must be available for withdrawal uh, not later than 9 a.m. or the time a bank's telefacilities, including ATMs, are available uh, for a customer account withdrawals, whichever is, is later. Thus, if a bank does not have any ATMs and its branch facilities are available for customer transactions beginning at 10 a.m., then funds must be available for withdrawal by 10 a.m. And again, I think you get the idea. If the bank has 24-hour mm -hmm. ATM service, funds must be available by 9 a.m. for the ATM withdrawals and so on and so forth. So again, consistency, making sure that you establish a, a clear policy as it relates to what the limitations are, the locations of where you're accepting various deposits, and the means by how those are accepted obviously have to be taken into account. But there are, you know, again, very strict timing limitations. So the following deposits must be made available on the first business day following the banking day of the deposit, okay? In other words, next day availability. So obviously cash, next day availability, electronic payments, uh, United States Treasury's checks, uh, U.S. Postal Service money orders. Of course, we don't see a lot of those anymore, but they're still available. Uh, cashier certified or teller's checks. Um, Federal Reserve Bank or Federal Home Loan Bank checks, uh, state or local governmental checks. Um, and then, of course, uh, we can extend certain periods, but we have to at least make the first 200 of that deposited available uh, the next day. Um, and that's uh, that's part of the provision. And we always used to call it the hundred dollar rule. Now they've upped it to 200. Mm. So uh, mm. we have to, mm. uh, uh, you know, those those deposits that contains checks other than those listed that above. Um, obviously, we have to provide the first 200, um, and then we can uh, extend the hold to the next day availability. So very complicated, mm -hmm. can be a little bit confusing, um, uh, but those are the, uh, the next day, I always say the next day availability thresholds. Well, Dean, you know, I, I always knew that it was not easy to follow some of this stuff and uh, how strict the rules are with regard to making funds available. But are there any exceptions? Well, that's a great question. And yes, there are. I swear you read my mind most of the time. <laughs> the answer is obviously <laughs> yes. Exceptions, what they call exception holds, they're also known as safeguard holds. And this is where I was saying that, you know, going beyond the intent of Congress with respect to Reg CC, it actually offers now 
um, some protections to the financial institution themselves as, as a way or, or as a means of mitigating risk. Um, Reg CC was put in place initially to protect those consumers um, because, again, the, the financial institutions were holding funds too long. But um, we found out that this has been more of a useful tool in managing fraud. So if a bank decides to hold funds beyond the maximum hold periods that I just spoke of, which is the next day availability, um, or what we call the normal availability, it must provide the customer with a written exception hold notice that includes certain criteria. And of course, there have to have to be certain uh, uh, exception uh, that meets meets the exception, excuse me, uh, in order for that to occur. But we would provide a written notice to the consumer at the time that the deposit is being made. We would include the customer's account number, the date and the amount of the deposit, uh, the amount of the deposit that will be delayed. So we have to tell them clearly, here's the amount that's being delayed. Here's the time period for which it will be released. The reason that we're invoking uh, the particular exception. And then, of course, we have to tell them uh, by business days when those funds will be available for withdrawal. Um, exception holds, unlike the case-by-case -case holds, must always specify a specific reason, and those are laid out within the regulation itself. Uh, a new account exception, um, that's something that um, as long as we have a policy uh, that, that, that specifies that we're going to uh, uh, exercise our rights on holds with respect to new accounts, we can do that up to 30 days. Uh, large deposit exception, so that would be uh, any item that's greater than the $5,000, they consider that a large item, so we can place additional hold periods on that. A redeposited check exception, a repeat overdraft exception, a reasonable cause to doubt collectability exception, and then, of course, emergency conditions. So all of these things we can extend uh, beyond the next day availability as long as we have this exception, as long as we've provided notice in writing, and as long as we've told them the amount that we're holding and when that will be available to them to withdraw. Well, I'll tell you what, Dean, that's a pretty extensive list. And I always realized there were some exceptions, or, but I didn't realize how many different exceptions can be applied to deposited items. Obviously, this is a lot of very technical information delivered in a very short podcast. So do you have any parting comments for our audience? Yeah, you know, please make sure you read and understand your Reg CC policy. And of course, what the regulation says itself, as far as the statutory limitations. Although I covered a lot of material today, I did not cover everything related to this regulation. So um, again, it's imperative and I encourage folks to review the provisions and of course, uh, each situation. Uh, and good luck. Well, Dean, as always, you've delivered a some great information to our audience, and I'm sure our audience appreciates you bringing this topic to the discussion table today. Well, thank you, Lynn. And uh, this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio from GeoDataVision saying, thank you for listening to today's topic. And please let us know of any additional topics you would like to hear in future episodes. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.